0: to Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number 14. What's good? This is your host, as always, Blake Plodsky. How's everybody doing today? Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being with us. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Nikki Treat. What's going on, Nikki? Not
1: too bad. What's going on, global listeners?
0: I was giving them a moment to respond. (laughs) All (laughs) right, all right. All right, well, we got a jam-packed show for you. As always, we always got the best uh, sporting news, best league coverage. We got it all covered for you. And let's just get into the spiel right away because you know what? Both Nikki and I, we got got Fallout 4 to play. So while we're not going to rush through this, we're going to give you the due diligence that we give you every week. We're gonna we're gonna try and keep on a steady line here because we both got Fallout to play. All right, uh, what was that? Agreed. All right, all right, awesome. See, we're in agreement here. All right, before we get going, give you the usual spiel. You can Skype in Global Dynasty STR all lowercase. Email either one of us, Blake or Nikki, GlobalDynasty at gmail.com. You can like us on the Facebook. Comment on a story, comment on an episode, whatever you want to do. Global Dynasty S T R or let, or follow us on the Twitter underscore Global Dynasty underscore. Many ways to contact us, and you know what? We appreciate it. Just I uh, I I lost my train of thought there. I I am sorry. Anyways, all right, let's just jump right into it. Uh, we got a ton of big news for you. Alright and without further ado let's get right into it. We got a couple of baseball stories to start you guys off with and the first up we got the Jose Reyes situation. Uh, Currently Jose Reyes is being investigated for alleged domestic assault and here is the story. Major League Baseball has acted swiftly after reports surfaced Monday that Colorado Rockies shortstop Jose Reyes was arrested in Hawaii on Halloween for allegedly assaulting his wife. The league issued the following statement: As evidenced by our joint domestic violence policy, Major League Baseball understands that the understands the seriousness of the issues surrounding domestic violence and our policy explicitly recognizes the harm resulting from such acts consistent with the terms of the policy. The commissioner's office already has begun investigation into the facts and circumstances. Any action taken by the commissioner's office in this matter will be strictly uh, in according with the policy. Okay. Basically, allegedly While Jose Reyes and his wife were on vacation, apparently they got into an altercation. And Jose Reyes apparently choked her out. Uh, They they were in a a hotel room or vacation home or something to that effect. Jose Reyes grabbed her by the throat, slammed her against a glass door, or or a sliding glass door out to a balcony or something, I'm assuming, and kind of tossed her around a little bit. And obviously he was arrested in it And uh, and again, this is alleged I'm not gonna condemn the man I did that once And and uh, I was wrong I've been more right than wrong in these instances But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt In a small aspect But Nikki, you and I This is our 14th episode
1: We've talked about shit like this before And it just grates We've on my nerves more don't... and more Every fucking time
0: Exactly My first point after reading the story is simply going to be this. And it's kind of rhetorical, but you may answer if you would like. Athletes, actors, whomever, or even your everyday people, construction worker, uh, uh, just a, a person behind a desk. Doesn't matter who it is. Why can't people keep their hands to themselves? Why must it escalate? From, from you know, having a disagreement, to an argument, to a screaming match, to physically putting your hands on somebody that you love. This is Jose Reyes' wife. Why in the world would he want to, why can't he just say, honey, we, we disagree, they're, they're arguing, they're even screaming. I get screaming matches, they happen between couples. I get it. Nikki, in January, you're getting married you've been through this oh yeah and he's never put he's never put his hands on you
1: no I mean that's my point I mean we've gotten well, into definitely. some fights but like not not ever to that point right
0: I have never and I mean never have laid my hands on a partner never only if they did it first it, 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 that that's the point yes I will openly defend myself absolutely. But when I get that angry with a person, I I walk out of the room because I know that if, because they're angering me so much that I know that I'm going to do something I regret if I do not walk from the room. Now, some people may go, ooh, you're just as bad. I don't throw the first punch. I don't lay my hands on them. I walk from the room and cool down. Yeah. That's different than losing my cool and choking somebody out. Again, I don't have a record. I've never been arrested for domestic violence. I have always walked out of the room or calmed down while I'm in the room and had a rational discussion. What makes these people so so angry that they need not only anger management, but something far and beyond that? What, why can people... Not just athletes, not actors, but every single person that this goes to. Why do they have so little control that they just need to put their hands on another human being? Nikki? that's what I'm trying to figure out with this. I'm not even talking about Jose Reyes anymore. He will get dealt with if this is true. I'm talking about everybody. What is everybody's problem?
1: Uh, It's something that I've been trying to figure out for a long time, and especially when it comes to these professional athletes. I don't know if it's because they were still children when they were recruited into whatever sport they're in and get paid so much that they don't know how to deal with shit like a fucking adult, and they're more like a 30-year-old entitled entitled child. I, I don't know exactly what the purpose is, you know, but, I mean, I've been an angry person my entire life, and I've never gotten into... You know, like, when when I became an adult, I never really ever got into fights and shit like that. You know, there's a point where you just walk away because you're intelligent enough to know that it's not fucking worth it. And I, I just don't, I don't see what drives a person to want to hit other people like that, especially someone that you say you, you know, love and care about in this instance. It's just, I don't know.
0: Right. I mean, there was one incident uh, just really quick that I remember now that I think about it, where a uh, a former flame of mine, uh, someone I was in a committed relationship with, they got into an argument with their father and their father was screaming at him and they were not backing down. And I'm trying to get in between them as, as I'm standing there watching this. And I don't want them to, you know, both end up in the hospital because neither one of them was going to back down. So instead of dealing with the father, who's basically twice my size, I I go up to my partner at the time and I and I push him back and I say, just walk away. You know, I'm trying to cool him down. And, and he's like, no, if he wants to fight, he's going to fight. And I literally had to grab him. And literally, like, put both my arms around his chest and literally pull him outside. Like, I could all... He almost broke free from me. I almost had to, like, put him in a hold to try and, you know, like, subdue him to say, comb the hell down.
1: Yeah.
0: It just... I, I just... I don't understand. Again, I've gotten that heated before. But again, but I've never gotten to the point where I've actually thrown a punch at somebody outside of again where the punch was thrown first
1: yeah, yeah but anyways
0: anyways Jose Reyes is in a lot of trouble right now and he'll be dealt with and it's just it's just another sad commentary on the league it just I don't understand it anyways all right moving on to our next story. Uh, more baseball for you This one involves actual team moves uh, The Braves And the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim cre- uh, uh, Completed the trade today uh, uh Simmons Once again, I almost called him Stanton Again, we're not talking about uh, Goncarlo Stanton We're talking about Ardleton Simmons Oh boy I got that. I got that name on the brain I don't know why Excuse me the Atlanta Braves trade shortstop Ardleton Simmons to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for shortstop Eric Ibar, A left-handed pitcher Sean Newcomb, and A right-handed pitcher Chris Ellis. The dismantling of the 2013 Braves is almost complete with Thursday's trade of the two-time Gold Gloves shortstop to the Angels, uh, let's see here. Rebuffed by the reported attempts to acquire Matt Harvey or Jacob deGrom from the Mets, the Braves instead have settled for eight, the Angels' top two prospects plus a one-year stopgap shortstop and Ibar. Newcomb is a big guy in the is the big guy in the deal, both literally and figuratively. Uh, the guy is six foot five, again left-hander, who. Is more heavily recruited out of high school as a tight end than a pitcher, but he was the 15th overall pick in the 2014 draft out of the University of Harvard. Uh, let's see here, Newcomb, also a couple of stats for you guys. Uh, guys got uh, a big fastball, uh, which led to 168 strikeouts in 136 innings, so that's a big deal uh, all of last year. Uh, mostly in class A, but it still matters The guy's a fireball thrower uh, Allowed just 97 hits, but also uh, 76 walks Which, as long as he can get his control down Because he's a bit erratic with the 76 walks This guy could be a potential ace for the Braves In trading away Simmons uh, I mean, Eric Ibar is a, is a downgrade No, No offense to him, but he is Simmons isn't that great of a shortstop in his own right, so as long as they have somebody that they're willing to bring up uh, to replace Ibar, who will likely move on after the next year, and again, the the big part of this is not the shortstops. The big part is Sean Newcomb. Again, he's he's a double A guy right now. He's got a he's got a bit longer to go. They're not going to pull him up from double A. That's not how baseball works. But the point is, is the guy's a fireball thrower. He's big. He he just, uh, as long as he can get his control down, he should be a strikeout monster and could potentially be the ace of the Braves for years to come. So that was the trade, Ardleton Simmons for Eric Ibar, Sean Newcomb, and Chris Ellis. Uh, Nikki, anything to add into that story before we move on?
1: Uh, no, I wasn't even aware of that trade, but, you know, Oh, you're right he he's definitely good a good pitcher I've heard about that and so you know they they need one right now and be good for them
0: Otherwise, absolutely nothing else absolutely they had a uh, Taran last year who just that that guy that guy was the heir apparent for uh, uh Julio was the heir apparent for so many years and he just got just dismantled last year. I'm not saying give up on the guy, but he's, he's got problems. I mean, he got sent back down to the minors after a couple of weeks where they said, this is enough. We, we just, we can't, we can't do this anymore. But anyways, so the, so the Braves have uh, hope for the future and at least they're pitching in a sense. All right. Moving on to another trade that happened just yesterday. Uh, The Twins traded Aaron Hicks to the Yankees for John Ryan Murphy. Here's the story. The New York Yankees have pulled off a second trade Wednesday as New York acquired versatile outfielder Aaron Hicks from the Minnesota Twins in exchange for catcher John Ryan Murphy. Hicks, 26, will fill the Yankees' fourth outfielder void left by Chris Young, who is a free agent. He can play all three outfield positions, which is Huge, and and also is a switch hitter who thrives against left-handed pitching, just like Young Hicks hit uh, average of uh, 256, and slash numbers of 323 and 398 with 11 home runs and 33 RBIs in 97 games for the Twins last season. But his slash inflates to okay to an impressive. 307 batting average with the rest of the slash being 375 and 495 when squaring off against left handers. Okay. This I was skeptical of this trade until one for one reason. Or actually, now I let let, let me ratify that. I was skeptical until I thought about it. And then I'm okay with it for a couple of reasons, Nikki, and you being a Yankees fan, so let me run this down for everybody. Aaron Hicks came on late last year. He he he's been he's a good fielder. He can be a bit erratic, batting sometimes, but again, as he showed late last year, he can get it together. And the Yankees coaching staff should be able to hone in his talents. John Ryan Murphy was never going to play behind Brian McCann. He just he he's just wasn't going to. Nikki, who was the heir apparent to the catching throne in the Yankees system? Hello. I think we might have lost her there. Uh, I, I will continue on here. The heir apparent to... Uh,
1: yeah, sorry about that. I said that I actually had no idea. Oh,
0: okay. The heir apparent is Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is 21 years old. He's been in the system since he was 16. Gary Sanchez has been the heir apparent to the catcher's position for years. John Ryan Murphy was never going to play. The only reason that he backed up Brian McCann last year was simply because, you know, Gary Sanchez, he's he's almost ready. He, the, this upcoming year, 2016, he likely will back up Brian McCann from spring training. Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't really like to report on rumors unless if it's fact. But the but Brett Gardner in the uh, winter meetings for baseball is being heavily sought after and shopped. Aaron Hicks likely would have been the rotational outfielder, but he will take uh, Brett Gardner's spot if he likely went once he likely moves on. I support it. Uh, I think Aaron Hicks has untapped potential that the twins just couldn't uh, just couldn't tap into. I fully believe in the Yankees coaching staff. John Ryan Murphy, just you're not really giving anything up. I feel like the Twins got the worse end of the deal. And you know what? For the betterment of our Yankees, Nikki. I mean, like I said, people may not know Aaron Hicks very well, but if Gardner moves on as likely he is going to, Aaron Hicks will be a good player.
1: Yeah, I believe that.
0: And uh, with Aaron Hicks, once Carlos Beltran, he's got one more year on his deal. Carlos Beltran is closing in on 40 if he's not 40 already. He's not going to play every day. He's injury prone. And then in the right field spot, Aaron Hicks will man the left field. And then right field will likely either be the phenom uh, minor league outfielder Mason Williams, who got called up late this year, played really well. Or Aaron Judge, who actually might actually overtake Williams And Aaron Judge might get called up first So, the Yankees outfield is very well in hand Mm -hmm. From my personal opinion Okay, moving on to our last two news stories We got some football for you The Rams signed five-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Wes Welker And here's the story The St. Louis Rams have signed veteran wide receiver Wes Welker, according to Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. The Rams are in need of help at wide receiver with, uh, uh, excuse me, my print's a little small here. Let me make this a little bit bigger really quick. There we go. With uh, Sheedman Bailey suspended four games for violating the league's su- substance abuse policy, Wilker 34, is coming off a down season in which he caught 49 passes for 464 yards and two touchdowns with the Denver Broncos. He's been on the shelf because of his age and possibly because of concerns about his concussion history. Wilker says he's been cleared by Seattle-based neurologist Dr. Stanley H- Stanley Herring, excuse me. And he's been ready for an opportunity since the offseason. Okay. Nikki, I have an issue with this for a couple of reasons. Okay. I'm scared for Wes Welker. He's not getting any younger. Wide receiver, as you know, in football, being a big football fan like myself. Wide receiver is a young man's game. Terrell Owens literally probably still thinks that he can play wide receiver at 43 years old. He can't. Wes Welker is no longer dynamic. Father time waits for no man. Father time, it's not a slow decline in athletics. It hits you when you least expect it or when you least want it to. And I don't know what Wes Walker has left for the simple fact that in his last year with the Broncos, like I just said, 49 catches, 449 yards, and two touchdowns. That's that's like fourth wide receiver-like numbers. I get that the Rams can use them because they have Kenny Britt, Tavon Austin, Jared Cook at tight end, and, you know, not much else. I get it. They could use him. Can you pick somebody... Who were not worried about dying on the field, please. (laughs) You're right. I'm scared for Wes Welker. This is not about Wes Welker's ability. I'm legitimately scared that his next one could either put him in a wheelchair or worse.
1: There's a reason why guys in the NFL retire, you know, at a certain age because their body, our bodies just aren't, you know, capable of handling what it has to give. You know what
0: I mean? mean, No, I understand. I mean, here's the thing. West Welker has many documented concussions. And that's that and that doesn't even count the ones that go undocumented. Because you and I both know, and everybody listening to this show knows, that concussions is a is a new thing that we're learning about. People had concussions since sports began, but we didn't start learning about the effects that it does to a person and their brain and what because you know what a concussion is, right?
1: Yeah, it's a bruise on your brain
0: Right, it's the brain basically Smacking against your skull Basically and bruising Right, exactly Wes Welker, I I can't even think Of how many concussions Wes Welker has Again, this has nothing to do With me saying Wes Welker sucks This has to do with me Fearing for the man's health I, I, I I am scared to watch Rams games for this reason I don't know if I can watch I will for this show and to recap Rams games, but I'm going to cringe every time I see him going across the middle.
1: Well, at a certain age, what are you supposed to do? Right. Can't tell a man what he can and can't do. So I
0: understand that, but
1: what are we supposed to do?
0: But take Chris Borland, for example, the 23 year old San Francisco linebacker. We reported on it. The, when he suddenly retired, Mm -hmm. he goes, I have my health to worry about. I played in the NFL for a year. I lived my dream. I, I got to that level and I got to experience it. Now that I did, I can go off and do something else. I I think Wes Welker just, I, I, right now I'm staring at a stock picture of Wes Welker uh, at uh, the Super Bowl press conference from uh, the Seattle Bronco game a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And he just even in this picture He doesn't look all there And this is just a still photo I Wes I guess you can make your own Decisions man but I Um I Don't
1: agree with your decisions that you're making
0: I hope that you don't Get hurt that that's all I can hope For Any final thoughts on that Story Nikki
1: no I just Oh, we Don't see a dead man on the field
0: that's, God, I, I don't want to see that That That's my main concern I just that That's not, that nobody ever wants to see that I mean, let's be real
1: Yeah, exactly, so Let's move on from that Stop thinking about depressing uh, things
0: Alright, and now Finally, our last news story of the week And this one's a little bit kind of fun for you After talking about some of the lower uh, Lower, non-fun stuff Here's a fun story for you The NHL is considering larger nets uh, for, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's the upcoming year or this year, but here's the story.
1: Most likely the next year.
0: Uh, right, exactly. The NHL general managers met on Tuesday in Toronto, and one of the things being discussed is how to increase scoring. Though that might not be the most popular route to fix the problem the with the Calgary Flames President of Hockey Operations, Brian Burke, already speaking out against it, one potential solution is making the Nets larger. The idea is that the NHL's Director of Hockey Operations, Colin Campbell, believes that the league might eventually have to consider, according to Sportsnet, Sportsnet's Chris Johnson, We've got the go-ahead from the owners and the GMs and the players from the competition committee last year to make the changes before next season with the goalie equipment. If that doesn't work, then maybe we'll have to look at bigger nets. Of course, we've gone down the road before. I've got about four different-sized nets in my barn that, we, that we've tried. You know what? I'm all for this. Granted, it would probably make goalkeeping... Or goaltending, excuse me, goalkeeping is a soccer term. I know hockey players like goaltending. Goaltending. This would make it a hell of a lot harder because I'm not going to pretend that skating is easy. I will openly admit to the world right now that I can't stand up on a pair of blades.
1: And he lives is, in Minnesota, it, which is terrible. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's it's hockey town. We're like like I've said before. This town loves our wild. This state loves our wild. We're we're hockey nuts here. We're hockey drunk. And I literally can't stand up on a pair of blades to save my life. I cannot skate. I, I My hand on a stack of Bibles, I can't skate, everybody.
1: I, however, was a goalie for uh ice hockey, so I, I understand that struggle. And they're gonna right. have a whole a whole new game ahead of them with more ground they have cover already wearing more gear than fucking everyone else on the on the rank, yeah it should be a fun and you know show to watch that no no and again
0: and now me being a casual hockey fan and i'm getting a little bit more into hockey as life goes on and again and i i enjoy my wild i'm a fan i i know that hockey purists won't like this it's kind of like the soccer thing where people where people were like, you know, with the goal line technology and instant replay and things, and people were like, "Don't change the sport. Don't stop the sport." I go, you know what? As long as it doesn't interrupt the flow of the game, who cares? This doesn't interrupt the flow of the game. They're just making the nets bigger.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it would be. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, you know, at all. I, I think it would be um, a fun change to the game. I right. Think the I, no. I, sometimes, like, you know how the NFL. Uh, adjusted the field goal thing this year for it to be a bit farther back and it's you know kind of changed how people strategize things so that doesn't get stale I I don't have a problem with that at all
0: right I mean and and with the and talking about the NFL real quick you know Nikki you you've seen as much as I have or anybody else Field extra points are no longer a gimme yeah, people, people people just miss them all the time.
1: I saw a guy miss like it, I think it was this week. Uh, it was like a twenty nine yard yard field goal. I mean, it was ridiculously exactly. short. Exactly. But exactly. They're also like put into more situations where they have to kick longer than their you know kickers used to, and these kickers are like used to thirty five yard field goals standard. And now it's like, cool, can you kick a forty two? Not straight. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? No,
0: no kidding. I mean, again, and, and that's what I'm talking about from a hockey purist. I understand where they're like, you know, don't touch the game. You know what? But who, who doesn't want to see like a, a 12 to 10 game? I don't, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But I mean, okay. So I'm, I'm a football purist and I'm all for little tweaks that as long as it doesn't, it doesn't change the game. It adds a whole new element to it is what I believe. And anybody that's like, Oh God, you can't do that. You're changing the game. They just need to fucking get over themselves is what they need to do.
0: I, I mean like because I think about all
1: they're trying to do, you know, like obviously they want to make find a way to make more goals because it gets people excited, sell more tickets, blah, blah, blah. People got exactly. buy another beer every time they, you know, score a goal or whatnot. But at the same time, it adds a whole new challenge for these players where instead of like having the same kind of stagnant game it will make them strategize differently which you know could be a good thing overall i don't see anything wrong with tweaking a game as long as it's sticking to what it is and not adding like some crazy fucking rule you know like you don't see you know the quarterback kicking all of a sudden we're not completely changing the fucking game we're just kind of differentiating the rules a little bit to make it kind of fun i think that's cool sure.
0: George Blanda did that back in the day when he was the kicker quarterback.
1: Okay, yeah, played, but played, 20, played
0: twenty-one years.
1: But generally, you know what I, you know what I'm saying, smartass.
0: No, I know it was a, it was completely a joke. I understand. Yeah, yeah,
1: for real. One
0: one thing I will say before we move on to our league coverage here, one thing I will say that I do support with the NFL that I brought up to friends and Nikki. I don't think we've ever discussed this, so I'll bring this up to you right now. Okay. What would you say to making the goalposts narrower, like arena football? Make it really challenging I think for so kickers.
1: Well, well like, because, and I, I complained about this last year, kickers have one fucking job. Just one. And it's kicking. You know, and... And, yes, it's a hard job. I'm not going to say, oh, God, anybody can kick a football that far because that's not true. It is a difficult job. But at the same time, because it's just that one thing, I feel like a lot of kickers get complacent. And the the cancer of an athlete is getting complacent because they have to constantly be challenged to want to be better, to work harder, to drive, you know, to be driven. And when you're just like, oh, whatever, I can kick this field goal, blah, 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 you know, when you make it like that, then – You're going to have a stagnant kicker, basically adding a new challenge to the game like that would completely change it up. Like I just said, I think that would be pretty cool, actually.
0: Right. I agree. I mean, and you would you would see more kickers losing their jobs because it would force guys to be better. But some guys might not be able to do it. Also, you know, it would it would it would force you to be like now you really need to be the best because you need to hit this target. Well, which would, is which is two thirds the size smaller than what you're used to.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say the the other thing that that would do is it would um, it would make kickers actually get some respect from people because then it's like, absolutely. Oh, you know, we're picking up we're picking up a kicker this year, like a badass kicker, you know, because nowadays it's like oh well we don't have somebody to kick field goals and you know ray our old wide receiver is tired of doing it so we need to pick up a kicker kind of thing now that's like and it should be a more like every position on on the field should be important so and Absolutely. i know completely going away from what we were talking about but at the same time th- this is important to think about you know we don't want the game that we love so much to get stagnant and if we don't try to you know, do something to spice it up every now and again, that's exactly what will happen. So I'm behind this change. I'm behind changes like what we were just discussing for the NFL.
0: Right. I'm behind, I'm behind shortening the goalposts and I'm it, uh, behind lar- uh, making the nets larger for the NHL. Cause I love the speed of the game of hockey. I love the hits. I don't so much like the fighting, I like the physicality, but I, I'm not a fighting guy in hockey. I, I don't really care one way or the other. Um, but I do like the brutality of it. I like the blindsided checks and things like that. But I'd be all for, like I said, bottom bottom line is I'd be all for making the nets larger and creating like 12 to 10 games. because Because take the NHL All-Star game, for example, last point. People go, oh, do away with the All-Star game because nobody cares because it's 12 to 10. If you make the Nets larger, you would have to change your entire game plan to compensate for it. You'd have to change everything.
1: Exactly what I was just saying.
0: Exactly. All right. Anyway, so, so we're both in agreement on that then?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: All right. Awesome. All right. That's uh, your final news story of the week. And we will jump right into our league coverage With your NFL Week Nine recaps, all right, and let's see here. Bengals were on Thursday night. We'll get to our Bengals coverage in a moment here. So we will start with Green Bay at Carolina.
1: Oh man,
0: man, this game! Oh, Nikki, you want to go first?
1: I'm just like, oh man, like what what happened to the Packers? Like, uh, I
0: don't, I don't even know. Well, I mean, granted, Aaron Rodgers. Again, he—it's right here in front of me. He threw for three hundred and sixty-nine yards. He threw for a ton of yards. But and Jonathan, he—they just—I—I I don't know what's going on with him. Again, granted, the Packers have two losses and the Vikings are tied for first in the division. I get that. It's not like the Packers are in a free fall.
1: Yeah, but- no, it's just like winning. I mean, losing two in a row. Like Aaron Rodgers uh, broke his streak actually because that's. That that hasn't happened since 2010, I believe they said. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. He's just, and it, it was just kind of a hard game to watch. That's all I'm saying. Like I expected them to do much better against the Panthers and not making fun of Aaron Rodgers. We've said many times that we love the guy, but did you hear the press conference after the game?
0: No, I, I, yeah, I, I well, I uh, heard tidbits.
1: Well, that, one of the news reporters asked him, you know, what happened out there, Aaron? And he goes, I was just, I was just scared of something. I don't know what happened. I, I was just scared of something. And it's like, what the fuck? Like what a ghost came up behind you mid throw. And that's why you like, you know, couldn't lead your team. What does that even fucking mean?
0: Not, now, now that you say that, I do remember what happened. He said that there was a pass rusher that came off the edge. And he just was caught like a deer in the headlights and he had Randall Cobb open, but he didn't make the throw. Like he had brain lock for oh. some reason or another.
1: So it's like that. Right. On a Reeves movie, the replacements where they're talking about quicksand, right?
0: More or less. I Like I said, nothing against Aaron Rodgers. We think he's great. I personally think he's the best quarterback in the league still bar none. Again, he comes back from 77 yards, throws 369, but it was just too little, too late. They lost by a touchdown. Hopefully the Packers can get it right the ship this week. But, again, Carolina still undefeated. Again, every time I say these guys are overrated, they keep proving me wrong. I got to stop saying that.
1: I don't know. I still agree that they're overrated, but...
0: oh, well, like you said, they keep winning. I, I just I don't know... You know what I mean? All right, moving on to New England at Washington. Nothing really to say about this game. Tom Brady was Tom Brady. LeGarrette Blunt had a huge day, gave him a bunch of carries, 129 yards on the ground. Brandon, La- There was a Brandon LaFell sighting. He had 102 receiving yards. This, though, was the story not so much about the New England Patriots, but Kirk Cousins throwing his hands into the air and looking to the sky saying, can one of my receivers catch a ball, please? I remember one where Pierre Garcon, Kirk Cousins, Kirk excuse me, Kirk Cousins threw it right in there, right to his hands, and Garcon just dropped it. The Redskins receivers, Nikki, had 15 drops that game. I felt bad for Kirk Cousins. Is Washington gonna win that game? Not likely. Could it have been closer if his receivers were a little bit competent in catching the ball? Absolutely. I felt bad for the guy.
1: Yeah. it. Yeah. I I didn't watch the New England game on purpose, but.
0: (laughs) No, I I hear you. I know your ax to grind there. I understand.
1: But, you know, like, I also, I don't think I'm pretty sure i wasn't able to uh to watch that like it, it, unless you have fucking red zone which i was down with my parents so that you know did not work uh it's almost impossible to get all of the games
0: right i mean like i said normally i've half- got every game normally i've got every game going myself but yeah but it's hard to switch through each one, you know, and catch everything. That's why I got this notepad full of notes and whatnot. And it, it's hard to try and catch everything.
1: It, that's agreed. Even like, because I'm always constantly paying attention to the ticker and stuff, you know. Uh, right. But it, it usually doesn't give you enough of what you need.
0: Right. So. No, Absolutely. All right, let's see here. Going to skip a couple of these games here. Uh, Moving on to a game that I I watched every minute of. Got the Vikings and the Rams. I picked the Rams. Nikki picked the Vikings. I'll give you credit there. The Vikings look somewhat more for real for me as they continue. Adrian Peterson, 125 yards. Uh, Nick Foles just is being as incompetent as ever He just, he can't I'm going to say it right now I know I said it in our interview in episode 10 I'm going to say it more so now I was wrong about Nick Foles The guy is terrible He sucks His 27 and 2 season, 27 touchdowns to two interceptions was the biggest farce in the history of the NFL. He just he got I mean, he either carried around a rabbit's foot or a seven-leaf clover or something in his shoe, in his cleat because he just where is that guy? Right. Yeah. He 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 just he, he's it's a distant memory. It's so long ago. It seems like it never happened. And granted, Todd Gurley eventually came out in the second half, tried to get the Rams back into it. Granted, the Rams only only lost by a field goal. Took it into overtime. Blair Walsh, uh, excuse me, hit uh, I believe a 41-yard field goal for the win. As I said before, talking about the Packers game, the Vikings are tied with the Packers for the division lead. They will de- that will definitely be a shootout moving forward. Uh let's see here. Got the Pittsburgh Oakland game. Man. Nikki, you and I, you and I support Oakland here. Again, we're not Oakland fans, but we feel like they're on the right track.
1: They really are right now.
0: They would have won this game but you cannot turn it over four times.
1: I know that's why they're they're still like they're, they're on the right track and they are motivated to go in the right direction. But the problem is they still need to tighten up all of those to make sure that everything starts running, you know, as smooth as can be. And because it's such a young team and they're really still forming it, I think that a, they need to build a better defense And then, you know, just work together and get that chemistry built up. And I think that they actually could be a force to be reckoned with here in a couple of years.
0: Right. And and once again, Le'Veon Bell uh, went down last week, Uh, MCL tear out for the year. Nicky, once again, D'Angelo Williams had to start the year, played two games, ran gangbusters through the first two weeks. D'Angelo Williams gets called upon again, had 170 yards. This is crazy. Where was this D'Angelo Williams for the past ten years? Granted, I know he was he was splitting carries with Jonathan Stewart. I get it, but did, I just th- this is I I don't understand it. It's just crazy to me. And then you got Antonio Brown had uh, 17 receptions for 284 yards. Only one other receiver in NFL history has ever done that. Do you know who that is? No, who. No. Uh, we talked about him earlier. One, Terrell Owens. Oh, Ow. is the only is the only other receiver to have 17 receptions and over 280 yards receiving. So him and Antonio Brown are an elite company. Uh, as 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 we mentioned, Pittsburgh eked out a close win, but Oakland once again on the right track. The Giants once again stay top the AFC East. Uh, by one game, the Giants beat uh, Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston, two. To... What was that?
1: I said, and I called that one.
0: Eh, you, you did, and we'll we'll get uh-huh. into our into our recap of our picks in a minute here. Uh-huh. Uh, tra- what? I'm, I'm giving you credit. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man. Keep going. I was going to say, I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. Charles Sims only rushing for 78 yards. I don't know what the hell happened to Doug Martin. I don't know if he got hurt or what, but Charles Sims, uh, the leading rusher for both teams, uh, Mike Evans, 150 receiving yards, had a couple of drops in the game. You cannot do that in this situation. When you're trying to win, you just, granted, they were a couple of touchdowns down, but you, you want to be that number one guy. You gotta haul it in. Antonio Brown hauled it in seventeen times. You gotta be that good. You gotta be the Antonio Brown. All right, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta is the biggest, like, question mark in the NFL, Nikki. And I'll tell you why. They got beat
1: by Blaine Gabbert. Right. I I was like wondering that myself. They got people like Blaine Gabbert.
0: For those who don't remember, Blaine Gabbert was taken tenth overall a couple years ago by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Blaine Gabbert did not work out, and he's once again bounced around. Excuse me to the San Francisco 49ers. Shout out to my cousin Tanya. I'm her favorite of uh, her brother's uh, children. I'm her favorite. What's going on, Tanya? Tanya's a big uh, San Francisco uh, 49ers fan. I just had to throw that out there. Blaine Gabbert. Granted, Matt Ryan threw for 303 yards. Where was... What happened to Devonta Freeman? He's all of a sudden the greatest rusher since sliced bread and having uh, games like Todd Gurley of uh, nothing under 120 rushing yards and then he just disappeared. I don't understand. I, the Falcons confuse the hell out of me. I, I don't, I don't I, I'm, I'm literally tongue tied here. I can't,
1: I can't do it. I totally get it. They're like the anomaly of the NFL. Like they'll do great for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden it's just like, wait, what the fuck was that? They're the NFL
0: Bermuda triangle.
1: <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> good.
0: Anyways, I'm just gonna move on. Denver Broncos and
1: the NFL, uh, the NFL Bermuda Triangle is the Browns. That's why you never see any of their players, you know.
0: Oh, trust me, we'll we'll get to that. And I got something to say about their quarterback play once we get into the Bengals coverage, but we'll get there. Okay. Just a, uh, about a game or two left to go here. All right, Denver and Indianapolis. Indianapolis showed up, Nikki. I know, and
1: they showed up. I have to say something before you cover this game, See, No, by all means. I know means. I said that Denver was going to win, and I'm pretty sure you did too. Absolutely. Are you kidding? But, I picked the Colts. But, oh hell no. Listen to this. Um. Uh, Saturday night before that game, I that that was Sunday, right? Wasn't that the Sunday night game?
0: Uh, it was the game just before the Sunday night game. Sunday yeah, okay. night game was Philly and Dallas. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's what I thought. So, um, Saturday night I, I grilled my dad and I asked him to make picks on this week. Just, you know, like we do just, you know, without looking at it. Cause he really hadn't. And out of yep. nowhere, he's like, the Colts are going to beat the Broncos. And I'm like, are you high? What the hell are you talking about? And he goes, no, I really think that they're going to, and they have something to prove, especially because, you know, every time Peyton Manning comes back to Indianapolis, it really makes them want to beat the shit out of him. And he was right. Like, I think that's where I get the crazy picks that I get from just like, no, Indianapolis would never beat them, and then all of a sudden Indianapolis freaking beats them, and not just beats them, beats them well. I I mean, I
0: Hold on, I'm just uh, opening my notebook to our our picks here so we can uh, look back on it, recap. There we go. Before I get it before I get into this. The Colts. They have one of the prizest commodities in the NFL right now in Andrew Luck. I'm a big Andrew Luck fan. He's a he's a smart guy. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He does everything right. The Colts, they spent $500,000. That's it. On improving their patchwork po-dunk offensive line. $500,000. And they spent millions of dollars on wide receivers, on Andre Johnson and T.Y. Hilton and et cetera, et cetera. And I get it. You, you, You need to give... Andrew Luck targets. Andrew Luck does not help you if he is on the ground getting sacked a million times mm-hmm. or hurt. And that is exactly what happened in this game. He has a lacerated kidney, which he's out for two to six weeks now. And a last lacer- You only have one kidney. A kidney is not something to screw with. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait. It's not something to screw with. It's lacerated. You need to make sure that he's healed now. I mean, granted...
1: You do have two kidneys, though.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. What am I saying? Yes, absolutely, because people give up kidneys all the time, uh, of course. But this is not something to screw around with.
1: Yeah, no. I When I heard about that, actually, I was really surprised. Like, it's not often you hear about a lacerated kidney. Right. And you're probably uh, thinking and, about liver.
0: Oh, there you go. I, I mean, and here's the thing. Again, this is different. Than normal This is Andrew Luck This is your fir- number one overall pick And this isn't a Alex Smith type situation Alex Smith Eventually worked out mm-hmm. Alex Smith was not this. I've never seen So much hype for somebody coming out of the draft As this Has Andrew Luck been Andrew Luck this year? No But you need to Protect him to give him the opportunity to. Andrew Luck's been more banged up this year than I, than anybody that I can think of this year. And again, you just, you can't.
1: Except maybe a little He keeps getting beat up.
0: Right. Nikki, do you get what I'm saying? Right. I'm getting tongue tied here, yeah, but you no, get what I, I'm saying. I
1: totally I... get what you're saying with that, but you know, what are you going to do? And,
0: and, and like I said, you know, and, and Indianapolis ended up winning the game. Denver had uh, a stumble there defensively. Their defense still elite, still possibly the top defense in the league. The Broncos should be just fine as long as Peyton Manning uh, just plays his game. And the defense should be able to bail him out. And Nikki, I'm not going to really talk about this one because I missed the game. But I went out on the limb and picked the Chargers. Er, pick the bears, excuse me. Hold your applause, folks. Hold your applause.
1: I didn't, yeah, that was, that was bullshit.
0: Hold your applause.
1: <laughs> I Well, they had it. That's the thing. Like, the Chargers were doing so well, and then it was just like, wait, what, what the, no, what the hell is going on here? It, it was one of those kind of things for me. But, you know, I
0: understand. I didn't want to recap the game. I just wanted to throw that out there.
1: No, all no, right. completely fair. Like for, for a second there, I thought that I was going to win every single one of the difference games that we had because it was looking like it. And then 50%, you know, I won't, I won't like, you know, get too mad about that. Cause
0: 50% oh God. Is not when, when we get into, when we get into our weekly picks, I got something to say, but all right, we'll move into our team coverage here, moving right along. The Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. Nikki, I know you normally take the lead. You're going to need to take the lead mostly on this because due to my date night that I had on Thursday night, I did not catch as much as the game as I wanted to. So I will, again, let you take the lead more than normal, but I will obviously interject with my own analysis. Go ahead.
1: Well, we definitely made Cleveland Brownies out of them. It was just it. It was basically a repeat from last year's Battle of Ohio. We made Johnny Manziel look like a fool, sacked him two or three times in a row in the third quarter, and it was just ridiculous. They were literally back to, I want to say, it was something crazy like 37, you know, and, and second at one point. It was just, you know, like if anybody said that, after the Steelers game that the Bengals didn't deserve to, you know, go on to the playoffs and all that. They definitely proved everyone wrong. The defense showed up really strong. Tyler Eifert was a beast with three touchdowns, um, tying the Cincinnati record, actually of um, touchdowns per game by a single player. And uh, also tying a tight end record. I think it was yards carried something like that. I can't remember exactly. Um, But just the connection between Dalton and Eifert, it was just ridiculous. They have, you know, there were were snaps where literally he had the ball, Dalton did, for less than two seconds, and he threw it just right to Eifert like a laser, you know, even if he was being double covered. It was like they had this magnetic connection that was ridiculous.
0: And, and just uh, let me interject here really quick. And and like we both said, we both agreed on this in our previews uh, before the year. We both said as long as Eifert stays healthy, it, this is his year. He needs to show up this year or he's never going to do it. Whoa. And and lo and behold, he stays healthy. And I've always been a believer in the guy. I just said, you, bro, you need to stay healthy. And look what he's doing. He's finally healthy and he's just going rough shot over the league.
1: I, I think he actually got bigger in the off season from last year to this year, because honestly the dude is like a tank right now. I don't think anyone could bring him down like defenders try to, and he's just like, you know, runs right through him with like guys hanging off his back. He is just a friggin' monster right now. And I'm glad he's playing for me because he was on <laughs> fire this week. Kind of wait to see what else he has in store for us. But, no. uh, overall um uh, Giovanni Bernard had uh, I want to say just a little over a hundred yards like I said I don't have the uh, uh,
0: actually are you talking receiving and
1: rushing uh I thought yeah I'd, I have no idea again like like I said I don't have the box score.
0: Uh, 72 yards rushing on 13 carries, 5.5 5 average.
1: I know they gave uh, Jeremy Hill the ball more in this game than they did Bernard. They've been, you know, making Bernard their main rusher, but, you know, they're giving Hill another chance. I'm not exactly sure on his yardage. You can give me that one if you want.
0: Let's see. Jeremy Hill, uh, 52 for 15 carries. Carries split up. Hill, 15. Bernard, 13. So, so about about even.
1: Yeah, but you notice how um Giovanni Bernard, he's actually the number one rusher in the league because by uh uh how many yards it takes him to gain a yard. He the dude just you know, he'll he drives right through a line. It's intense.
0: No, absolutely. But
1: they keep, you know, giving the ball to Hill and he's not doing anything with it like last year. It I mean there's a couple of players on different teams, you know, like um Betty Lacey was another one I was thinking of that, that, that so well that, that year then and now it's like just not showing up and I have no idea where the you know 2014 Jeremy Hill went to but I would sure like him to bring his ass back before we hit the playoffs
0: no I was just going to bring that up I can't believe I missed this Jeremy Hill Jeremy Hill has did, done so bad that for those who don't know Jeremy or Jeremy Hill excuse me Eddie Lacy has been benched for James Starks. I heard Mike of Mike McCarthy's seen Mike McCarthy's seen enough.
1: See, and, and that's and what I, I mean. Like, even though you're an all star breakout, you know, one year if you just can't keep that up, then what's the use in you being in, you know, the front running position? If Bernard's gonna take it farther when you give him less carries, if he's gonna be more effective with the ball, why are you giving Hill the ball?
0: And coming up in the Eagles game, I actually got something to say about that. But anyways There's a couple of points that I wanted to make about the Browns here really quick. First, Johnny Menzel. The guy just doesn't have it. He's not the answer. And I get that Josh McCown is hurt or was hurt. Uh, He's currently practicing right now. So I believe, excuse me, he's on track to play. Neither of those guys are the answer.
1: Johnny Menzel has not been the thing since... He was drafted. Honestly, I don't know why the Browns thought he was such a hot commodity. You know, just because he was a Heisman Trophy winner. Like Johnny Manziel, just is not a quarterback worthy of the NFL.
0: I I mean, maybe he could. I, I mean, well, actually, no. I'm gonna scratch that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this a step further. Johnny Manziel isn't even a viable backup because right now he's the backup, and he got forced into game action. And he went 15-33, just horse lower than 15%, 168 yards, 5.1-yard average, which is putrid, only had one touchdown, zero interceptions, so I'll give him credit for that.
1: Was it two or three sacks, what does it say?
0: Uh, Three.
1: See? And two of them, at least, I can't remember if it was two or three, all three of them, but at least two of them were in a row.
0: Right. And then you have the rush... They, they, they let Johnny throw th- 33 times, which is, which is a mistake. They only ran 17 times, which, again, is a mistake. Let's see here. Duke Johnson, their rookie, a guy that I've liked out of Miami for years. Duke Johnson needs to be the starter. Duke Johnson only had... Okay. Duke Johnson only had five touches this entire game. What is this team doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna have a stroke.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um you, you why why are you getting so worked up can't. over the Browns? They've always been a failure.
0: No, I know that. I just I don't I don't understand. I
1: okay. Free, free, try again.
0: I'm just I'm just gonna save myself and say this. Browns nobody on your team is the answer. Scrap and, and you're start two now. you're two you're you're two and seven. Just lose. Just lose out. Just just do enough work to make it look like see you're not doing it on purpose. But do it. And lose purpose. out and, and lose and draft a damn quarterback, would ya? You you like a real one. I can't do this. And you and you know what the sad part about this is? Is that the defense isn't half bad. Granted, a lot of them are hurt. Joe Hayden's hurt. Uh, uh, Tyshawn uh, ty, ty, ty or Ty Tyson ty Gibson, I believe his name is. He's the only starting D back that's not hurt. You got Burkevis Mingo, you got Paul Kroger, you got decent pieces. The Bengals, the Bengals are running rush out over the league right now. This isn't. You were going to lose to the Bengals. I'm talking about just an average game. The defense isn't as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Again, you were gonna lose to the Bengals by two or more touchdowns. That was a given. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Uh, the this team makes the makes good defensive players look bad, and I feel sorry for them. I just I can't do this. I I'm so glad I'm not a Browns fan. I I don't. This entire organization is inept. And there are only a couple of organizations in the NFL that are like that. And this is one of them. This team is just bad. I know I'm beating a dead horse and telling you something that you don't, that you already know, but geez, I, I can't. I just, I can't.
1: I know. So we should talk about the Eagles instead.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to move on before. Anyways. All right. Moving on to our final recap of the week. Your Philadelphia Eagles against Dallas Cowboys rivalry game. Also like the previous Ohio rivalry rivalry game. Two rivalry games in one week. Nikki, I'm going to start off by saying I had about 10 heart attacks throughout the night during this game. This game was fun and stressful all at the same time. Sam Bradford, 25-36, 296 yards. 8.2-yard average, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Sammy Boy. Thank you for taking care of the ball, buddy. Been waiting for that all year. Thank you very much. In your point about Giovanni Bernard versus Jeremy Hill, this is the point I was going to make. Ryan Matthews ran uh, 11 carries, 67 yards, uh, 6.1-yard average, Uh, One touchdown, and let's just take a look here at, this might take me a minute. Whoops, clicked on the wrong thing here. Going back to Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews for the year, 67 carries, 409 yards for an average of, let's see here, 6.1 yards per carry. Ryan Matthews has touched the ball under 70 times and has 409 yards. Ryan Matthews is not getting the money. DeMarco Murray is. I get that. That's why DeMarco's getting the touches. I get it. DeMarco got one game of three carries or nine carries or something. Something ridiculous. And he was like, I'm not getting enough touches But bitch, 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 moan, 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 whatever Nikki, Ryan Matthews is a player that I think you would appreciate Ryan Matthews goes in there He gets, he's had one game this year of 15 or more touches, Mm okay? That means uh, running the ball and receiving the ball One game of over 15 touches Again, when he was a Charger, he was the bell cow. He was the guy when he wasn't hurt. He comes in, he knew what was going to be asked of him in Philly. He knew DeMarco was coming in with him. He knew that they would be switched in and out to keep them both healthy. And I love that we do this. It works. Because when you do that, Murray is the is the power back between the tackles. Ryan Matthews is the guy where you... You what uh, hit pitch a sweep to, and you have a linebacker or a D back trying to cut it, cut down the lane, and Matthews is just gonna get to the lane first and beat it and blow by him. That that's the that's where the thunder and the lightning, uh, adage comes in. I love Ryan Matthews because he just he does this. He goes, I'm gonna. Take my three my two carries, come out, one carry, come out, and I'm not gonna moan. I'm not gonna bitch. I'm just I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. Because team first. My point is Ryan Matthews is a team first guy, and it's showing in him making use of every touch that he gets. 49 touches and a 6.1 yard average. That is insane. That is more. Then Adrian Peters, that is a bigger average than Adrian Peterson has. And Adrian Peterson has four times the amount of carries. That's my point. Darren Sproles also mixed in there with five carries, 23 yards, 4.6 yard average. As I said, uh, Sam Bradford, uh, very good with the football. Jordan Matthews had a Jordan Matthews sighting for, uh, praise the Lord, Jordan Matthews. Nine catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) The, big, the biggest play of the game came on the last play of the game, and over time, the 41-yard touchdown pass to Jordan Matthews. Nikki, you have no idea when that pass went to Matthews how much I thought he was going to drop it. When he hung on to that ball and made the double move past two D-backs, I said, whatever you do, just hang on to the football. Please, whatever you do.
1: I can imagine
0: oh man it was uh it freaked me out that was one of my 10 heart attacks by the way that was one of them (laughs) uh DeMarco Murray six receptions for 78 yards 13 yard average Murray had a nice huge uh swing pass uh caught it out in the flat uh that was the 40 uh, 44 yard long pass had seven targets Zach Ertz We've been saying it for weeks. Zach Ertz needs to get more involved. Five receptions, 44 yards, and Miles Austin, Josh Huff had a couple. Uh, defense wasn't exactly great, the greatest defensive performance, but we held them. We bend, but, or we bent, but didn't break. Darren McFadden had 117 yards on 26 carries for a 4.3 yard average. Which again, it's not the worst. It's not the best that I would expect. I wish we would have uh, not allowed so many yards on the ground. Cole Beasley just diced us all night long. Des Bryant, uh, was Des Bryant again? Was he fully healthy? Who knows? He was still Des Bryant. He got his touchdown. That touchdown that he caught, though, in the end zone, when Castle just threw it up, I thought Castle threw it away, and he threw it to the corner of the end zone. There was... I'll admit it right now. There was four Eagles D-backs there, and not one of them went for the ball. Dez jumped up over all of them and and just snatched it out of the air. And just, that was an amazing acrobatic play. Cole Beasley, nine receptions, 112 yards. This is why Malcolm Jenkins had so many tackles on the night. Malcolm Jenkins, I love you, man. You're a, you're a team leader. You're a great guy. You are the just the exact player that I want on this team. Cole Beasley. Man, he took advantage of Malcolm Jenkins. Though I lost my train of thought. Give me a moment. Oh, yes. Though the one caveat that I will say about Malcolm Jenkins Is simply that it was revealed that he played the second half of the game With a concussion that upsets me That our coaching staff and our team doctors could not see that And they allowed him to play I don't agree with that at all That makes me upset Not only because he's a team leader Because he's a big cog in that defense But again for his own health I don't care about football at that point. I care about the man's health. Granted, he didn't look concussed, and he played the rest of the game fine. That does not matter. He needs to come out to be evaluated. At least look at him. And then if he passes the protocol, says, I don't have a headache on the sideline, gets through the four steps or whatever you need to get through, fine. By all means, I don't care. Put him back on the field, but take him out. Football, we are football drunk in this country, but I am not about to say risk a man's health for a football game. I love my Eagles, but I'll never go that far. Yeah. Anyways, Nolan Carroll and Nolan Carroll and Byron Maxwell switched off on Des Bryant all night long. Again, Des Bryant was Des Bryant. What are you to do? I. Uh, Late in the game and over time there, there are a couple of bullshit Pass interference calls Two of them that were called on Byron Maxwell That were non-existent I don't know what the referees saw I I the, Those were another two of my heart attacks So we're up to three heart attacks There is so much of this game I could literally be talking about for the next hour
1: So As let's you can not tell, let you do no, that No,
0: no, no, that, no, that's the point I was going to say Coming down to it This was a very exciting game, came down to the wire, but my team fought. We fought to the very end, and just people who said that we're out of the playoff picture, we're 4-4, is it exactly what we predicted. No, but we're one game out of the division lead, and you know what? For what can be and for what could have been, that's good enough for me. Because for the next three games, we got winnable games coming up, and if we win all three of them, again wishful thinking, seven seven and four, sitting pretty. I, I I'm good with that. Last point that I will make: Greg Hardy. We've talked about him at nauseam. Lane Johnson, due to great due to Jason Peters being out was playing out of position at left tackle. Granted, he played left tackle some in college and high school. He is a right tackle. You cannot just move across the line and expect it to be the same. It's not. Nope. People who think that are arrogant, it's not.
1: It's really not. And the people that can play both positions well are very amazing.
0: That's That was my point. Lane Johnson was playing left tackle and lined up against Greg Hardy. All night long And Lane Johnson said after the game He goes because I was playing against Greg Hardy I put Extra mustard On those blocks Greg Hardy got one sack On the backup right tackle Dennis Kelly He didn't once get past Lane Johnson not once And Lane was playing on a position That's all I wanted to say Is that people were saying oh Greg Hardy's going to be a monster he's going to hurt Sam Bradford he didn't get past Lane Johnson once. Bravo to you Lane Johnson. You showed how you showed Greg Hardy how to play football like a man. Anyways, as I said, uh it came down to the wire Let last second touchdown, 44-yard touchdown reception to Jordan Matthews. Matthews hung onto the ball. 33-27 Eagles win. Got a must-win game against the Dallas Cowboys and through the Dallas Cowboys down into the doldrums of two and six, with one or two more games until Tony Romo comes back, and the Cowboys thing fans think they're gonna win out. Good luck with that. All right, and now thus ends our football coverage, and we will dive into our weekly football picks. Nikki, as we're recording on a Thursday, as stuff happened yesterday that was out of our control. Let's see here. Well, I took the loss today. I picked the Jets.
1: I I actually I didn't pick. I Oh wait, we we picked those last week, didn't we?
0: Uh, we might have. I if I remember did. right, I I had the Jets. So
1: Well, yeah, who, apparently they lost if I didn't pick. I mean, I'm not going to say something now. So All right. I was just checking to see if we, I thought we did last week, at least talked about the Thursday game. So.
0: Well, because we record on Wednesdays now, we normally put Thursday's game then, but I mean, do you want me to just give us both the loss to make it fair or what? Yeah,
1: that sounds good.
0: All right. All right. We'll do that then. Uh, Let's see here. First game on Sunday. Let me just recap really quick for everybody. Uh, Nikki you gained two games on me you are now down by only two you went six and seven I went nine I went four and nine I'll tell you right now until those late games Chicago and the Eagles I literally went one and nine I was I I'll admit I did awful last week
1: at least that's right. it
0: well i'm not gonna lie because it's on record people can definitely listen back and uh, call me out on it all right let's see here lions at packers who you got
1: uh i don't think they'll lose against the packers i mean i don't think they'll lose against the lions excuse me i mean the packers may be playing a little weird but i don't think they're that bad
0: all right packers This is a bye week for the Packers. I'm picking the Packers. All right. Dallas at Tampa Bay. Who you got? Or actually, right, we switch off. I'll go first. I'm taking Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, even if you wouldn't have gone first, that's what I was just about to say was Tampa Bay, because I'm not picking Dallas.
0: Keep the free fall going.
1: Yeah. Force the...
0: Cowboys to have to win out I'm gonna love to watch that okay Carolina at Tennessee who you got
1: Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say Tennessee's gonna beat him finally
0: okay Titans I'm I'm going with the Panthers
1: I didn't want to pick it, but I figured you would.
0: That's all right. All right, Chicago at St. Louis. Hmm, I will go first. This is one I'm actually stumped on.
1: Yeah, me too, but I think I have an idea.
0: I'm going to go with...
1: Eh, F it. We'll go
0: with
1: the Rams. Yeah, but I was going to say the Rams. And now I have to decide if I want to ed- adverse you or not. I mean, they are the Bears are coming off a win, so. I'll just do it. Say the Bears are going to win. Okay. Besides, I like to make your life difficult.
0: You see what I deal with, everybody? <laughs> Anyways, all right. New Orleans Saints at Washington Redskins. Who you got?
1: Uh, Saints. Okay. What are you? How about
0: you? I'm going to go with the Saints as well.
1: That's
0: a smart decision. Miami and Philadelphia.
1: Oh. Or wait, we, we
0: we save our picks for last. That's right. Cleveland at Pittsburgh, who you got?
1: <sighs> Roethlisberger's still out, isn't he?
0: Uh, he is actually practicing, I believe, and on track to play. Uh, that's not confirmed, but that's what the report is.
1: If Roethlisberger plays, the Steelers will win. Otherwise, it could just be a, a train wreck. So I'm just going to bank on the Steelers to win.
0: I will take the Steelers as well, even if Landry, jo- Landry Jones plays. I, I mean, it's the Browns. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly my point. All
0: right, Jacksonville at Baltimore. I will pick the Jaguars.
1: Yeah, who wouldn't pick the Jaguars? Baltimore's having the worst year of their freaking franchise. All right, Jags. For the Nikki. entire thing.
0: Minnesota at Oakland. Who you got? that was a little bit tougher for me wait and i and just uh for uh because i'm recording in minnesota this is for all you minnesota fans out there minnesota this oakland game they now start for the rest of the season the toughest schedule in the entire nfl oh. starting with oakland
1: well I know that you're probably not going to pick the Vikings since you don't like the Vikings. Am I correct on that?
0: Uh, that's not the reason why I'm doing it, but I will pick Oakland, yes.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. I was going to say, yeah, I I was going to go Vikings then. Just because okay. I I think either team could win it, so might as well have a dog in the fight.
0: All right. New England at New York Giants. I will go first. Patriots.
1: Yeah, Patriots.
0: Not not even not even gonna say anything about they that. They
1: don't really even have a anybody in their lineup that I, I feel like could even challenge them. That's
0: unless if unless if Eli Manning throws for four hundred and fifty yards and Odell Beckham has the game of his life. I the I don't see problem, it. Problem.
1: The only problem though with with the. Patriots, I will say they do have a weak spot, and that is their run game.
0: Someone,
1: absolutely. Someone could find a way to exploit that. It would be a whole different thing, but I feel like they get into that uh, that funk, like I have to face Tom Brady, you know, kind of. Yeah. So if, if they could just, like, get over that shit and just be like, they have absolutely no running game, you can capitalize on that, and somebody could do something, at least.
0: You know, Stop and with an – and- and with that and with that said LeGarrette blunt as we talked about in our recaps LeGarrette blunt had a huge game last week the Giants run defense leaves a lot to be desired LeGarrette blunt should gash them pretty badly and the Giants have the 32nd dead last pass defense in the entire league Tom Brady may have 600 pass yards mm. all right Let's see here. Kansas City at Denver. I will go first. Part of me wants to pick the Chiefs for some reason. But because they don't have Jamal Charles, I will take Denver.
1: Yeah. Um gosh, I don't want Denver to win. That's the problem. Uh, Now that we're coming to the to the like you know, the end of the season and everything. I'm
0: getting down there.
1: I want Denver to lose more. So they go farther down on the, you know, <clears throat> standings. Well, yeah. Thank you. Just like was completely at the loss of the word I was looking for there. But, um, I don't think the chiefs can beat them. That's the problem. I also didn't think the Colts could beat them and look at what happened there. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, this is a difficult one for me. Do I throw some more adversity or way for, you know, and risk losing a lot of games, uh, banking that, you know, that they're going to be shaken up because they just lost a game or does Peyton Manning come back and throw for 400 freaking yards?
0: I can't make that decision for you. Sorry.
1: I'm, I- I'm just speaking out loud. Um,
0: I understand. I'm giving you crap.
1: Yeah. I don't see that happening though. I'm going to, I'm going to go Broncos.
0: Okay.
1: Denver.
0: All right. Arizona at Seattle. Who you got?
1: Who at Seattle? Arizona. Oh, oh shit. Um, you know what? I'm, I'd probably be called crazy for saying this, but I want Seattle to go in and, and beat them. And it's very possible since, it's, since they're divisional rivals, but it would also soften Arizona up for the Bengals, you know, because we play them the week after. So yeah. I'm just going to go Hawks there, even though it seems like a stupid decision, but I'm going to go out on a limb.
0: I am taking the Cardinals. That defense is too good. Russell Wilson looks human. That contract that he signed looks stupider and stupider by the week, and that offensive line cannot protect him.
1: Man, I should make make fun of your Eagles more since you like to take the opportunity to, I'm kidding. I was going to say, they're giving me all the
0: ammo that I need. I don't make this stuff up. Sam Bradford. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, you got me there. You got me there. All righty, let's move on to Monday Night Football, which actually drops down perfectly into your Bengals. Houston Texans at Cincinnati Bengals, like I even need to ask.
1: Yeah, Bengals all the way. Why would I ever say anything else?
0: i just love the way you said that you're just like mm, bangles you know like ho-hum you know like, yeah.
1: hey i again i i haven't really gotten cocky so i'm just going with old sports logic don't change what's working for you so
0: no i totally got you and, i will take the bangles and, as well
1: just gonna say they do tell you that if you can't say anything nice you shouldn't say anything at all right
0: Oh well, yeah yeah all right, and final pick: Dolphins at Eagles. I'm taking Eagles.
1: Oh, I really hate to do this to you, man, but I really think that the Dolphins are going to beat you guys.
0: That's okay. Hey,
1: that, that's you, all right. You called Steelers against the Bengals, and I was, and you're wrong there. So who knows? Yeah,
0: no, that that's that's totally fine. I got nothing against you for that. It's totally okay. Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, I, like I said, these next three games are, are winnable games, so I, I have faith. All right, that's our Week 10 picks on the record, done and dusted. Before we get out of here, I just want to mention a couple of things about the MLS playoffs. Really quick, you got a couple of matchups coming down to the nitty-gritty toward the MLS Cup. You got FC Dallas at Portland Timbers. You got the New York Red Bulls at Columbus Crew. And this will decide the winner, uh, or who goes to the MLS Cup. I almost thought there was a couple more games, but these are the conference finals. My bad.
1: I think it'd be pretty exciting if the Timbers won, actually, just because it would make Portland a fun place for a while.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I here here's the thing about this. I am watching these games completely as a soccer fan. I am I am a Minnesota United fan at heart. I I am watching purely as a soccer fan I have no dog in this fight Except one thing I want a team Who has never won the cup To win it That means three out of these four teams Can win Anybody but the crew I have nothing against the Columbus crew Greg Berhalter Great coach Even more fantastic player Fantastic coach He's got a bright future I want a new team to win. FC Dallas, Portland Timbers. I'm a big Caleb Porter guy. Caleb Porter, the coach of the Portland Timbers. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. He's a fantastic coach. New York Red Bulls, Jesse March coming. Jesse Marsh, excuse me, not March, Marsh. Jesse Marsh coming in, doing a fantastic job with the Red Bulls. First year coach. Coming in, leading them to the Eastern Conference Finals I feel like the Red Bulls can handle the crew Actually fairly easily They have Kai Kamara up top Like the Red Bulls have Bradley Wright Phillips And one thing that I wanted to say about this People have said last year and this year Thierry Henry, one of the soccer greats of all time Legend in the sport Legend French international Legend player at Barcelona Henri retired They said Bradley Wright Phillips All his goals are Are because of the attention That Thierry Henri got What can Bradley Wright Phillips do? Bradley Wright Phillips Is leading The Red Bulls to the title If The Portland Timbers Do not win I would want the Red Bulls To win For the simple fact That Bradley Wright Phillips Can say Take that I am Good on my own. Amen. And for the simple fact that I I love when this happens. Nikki, there are two things that in MLS you fight for. You fight for the MLS Cup, obviously. American style playoff system. You you raise the trophy. I love the style of the MLS Cup. It's fantastic. You also there's something called the supporters shield. Do you know what that is? No. The supporters shield In soccer, you know how they run a table system. Yep. In every European league, it's whoever wins the points battle, three points for a win, one one point for a draw, zero for a loss. Whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins the title, wins the championship. The Supporters' Shield was created as, because the MLS does the playoff system the American way, and fights out for the cup that way. They use the supporters shield as a way to say you won the most points for the regular season. Oh, that's cool. This this year, that's the New York Red Bulls. They they won the supporters shield. It would be awesome to see the Red Bulls lift not only the supporters shield, but the cup. For the simple fact that nobody thought that the Red Bulls would be right here. They say Bradley Wright Phillips is good. He's not that good. He is not good enough to lead this team on his own. And look what he's doing. They have Dax McCarty. They have Sasha Question. They have Bradley Wright Phillips. They have Sean Wright Phillips, his brother, playing on the same team. They have a decent defense. And again, Jesse Marsh as the coach is just going crazy with these guys. I would love to see either them or the Timbers win. The games will be next week. On uh, November 22nd, respectively, both games on uh, New York Red Bulls and Columbus Crew on ESPN, uh, FC Dallas and the Portland Timbers on Fox Sports 1, and after that, got the MLS Cup on December 6th at 4 p.m. Eastern, MLS Cup. All right, so it's coming down to the nitty-gritty here, and I just wanted to Give a little coverage to that And uh, show soccer some love Uh, There was one more point I wanted to make, but I Totally forgot what it was (laughs) Oh, right, no, now I remember It's totally in our preparation For our uh, next week's show So uh, Well, that's all we got for this week Uh, As always uh, Obviously Always call in Global Dynasty STR Lowercase Email us Blake or Nikki GlobalDynasty at gmail.com. Like us on the Facebook, follow us on Twitter, comment on our stories, join the discussions. This show is not only about us, but for you as well. This show is just to give us an outlet in order to rant and rave about something that we love in a passion that is sports. But this show is more for you guys than anything. And the one last point that I wanted to make before we get out of here is next week, Nikki, another big boxing match coming up. We had Golovkin and David Lemieux a few weeks ago. Next week is Miguel Cotto and Canelo Alvarez. So I cannot for wait for that. Oh, man. I can't wait.
1: Alvarez. So
0: I absolutely am pulling for Alvarez all the way myself. So we will be back next week on episode 15 to preview. Uh, Miguel Cotto, Sol Canelo Alvarez, plus all your news, league coverage, weekly picks, everything else in between. And, Nikki, any final thoughts? Nope. All right. For Nikki Treat, I'm Blake Plonsky, and we will be back next week for Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, Episode 15. And we are out. Peace.